الحمد لله رب العالمين لم يزل في علاه سميا قطرة من فيض عطاياه تملأ الأرضرية ونظرة بعين رضاه تجعل الكافر وليا أنزل على نبيه ومصطفاه قرآنا بهيا تلك الجنة التي نورث من عبادنا من كان تقيا والصلاة والسلام على أكمل خلق الله محمد بن عبد الله بعثه ربه بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون فعلم الجاهل وقوم المعوج ونشر الضياء في كل مكان فصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ثم أما بعد My dear brothers and sisters, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your efforts and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you in health and iman. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you all in ikhlas and sincerity. Today, my dear brothers and sisters, we are talking about half of this deen. It's not marriage, something else. And is a condition for the other half to be accepted. This half of the deen is what we know as ikhlas or devotion or sincerity. If you look at anything you do, it's either a part or a routine of life, like when you go for shopping, when you go for, when you choose which color of your t-shirt you want, it's up to you. Nobody will blame you for this. But when it comes to acts of worship, things which people normally do to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not enough to do these. And it's not enough to do, them, to do them correctly. But what is more important actually is to do them with sincerity, with ikhlas. Which means you have to do them only and exclusively for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which brand of car you want, which house or flat you choose, which wife you pick, it's up to you. As long as you don't commit something haram. But why are you praying? Why are you here in this place to pray Jumu'ah? Why do you fast in Ramadan? Why do you go for Hajj? Why do you read the Quran? These things are normally perceived as an act of worship. From a believer to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, doing them must be only and exclusively done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone might come for the most to pray. And he's praying exactly like the one next to him. The one next to him ends up with the full reward. And the one who just came for the most and did the same action gets nothing and may be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because he came actually because he felt embarrassed when he was visiting his fiancée that his father-in-law is coming to the masjid to pray and he's sitting at home. So he, is come, he has come and he has actually prayed, but not for the sake of Allah, it's just to please his father-in-law. Even though this person did the same act of prayer like his father-in-law, his prayer is completely unacceptable. It's not rejected. Why? Because he didn't 
do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why the scholars say, La buddha lil amali an yakuna khalisun sawaba. In order for any good deed to be accepted, it must meet two conditions. It must be sincere, which means done only and exclusively for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sawaban means done in the correct way according to the sunnah of the Prophet So if you come and pray, even if you are sincere and you pray the wrong way, say now Maghrib is three rak'ah, that's too, too little, I'm going to pray it five. Maybe you're sincere, but you did it wrong. So it has to be correct according to the sunnah, and it has to be sincere. And sincerity is the one half, but is a condition for the second half to be accepted. Because even if you pray it correctly, it will not be accepted from you unless you do it only and exclusively for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you look at the Quran and the sunnah, you'll find so many texts of the sharia talking about this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and any command to the Prophet is a command to his ummah, unless there is an indication to otherwise. قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Oh Muhammad say, my prayer, my sacrifice, my living, and my dying are all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No partner has he. What is the partnership here? Is Prophet Muhammad worshipping other than Allah? Obviously not. But the partnership or association here is in the intention. Because you may be worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. But in the act that must be dedicated to Allah, you are associating in your intention someone else. So Allah says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my prayer, my sacrifice, my life and my death are all for the sake of Allah alone, Lord of the world. And thus I was commanded and I'm the first of Muslimin. I'm the first of those who submit their will, their will fully to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why my dear brothers, before you do any act that is of a religious nature, and I keep saying this of a religious nature because again, when you go to Tesco or to another shop to shop, I don't, they don't expect you to pick an item based on a religious reason. No, you're shopping as long as you're not picking something haram and your money is halal, alhamdulillah. So it's up to you to choose. This is nothing to do. The way you go to your work by bus, by car, it's up to you. But when it comes to the acts of worship, it must be only and exclusively for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this, you may have one of three types of intentions. The first is... You do it only and exclusively for the sake of Allah. I came to the mosque to pray Fajr prayer only to please Allah and get the reward. And I did it correctly. Alhamdulillah, you get the full reward inshallah. The second type of intention, you do it for the sake of Allah and for the sake of someone else or something else. Actually, I'm coming to the mosque to pray because I need to pray and also I'm going to meet my friend to discuss a business proposal. Now you ask yourself the question. Actually, if there was no business proposal, would you have come? If there was your friend who wasn't there, would you have come? If the answer is no, then you're not doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's rejected. The third type, which is you do it for someone other than Allah. You would have never given charity 
unless the bigger has come to you in front of your fiance and you felt embarrassed. Otherwise, you would have turned him away. So you did give that charity, but simply you did it to impress your wife or your fiance or someone else. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. So doing it for other than Allah is rejected. Doing it for Allah and for someone else is rejected. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the hadith Qudsi, أَنَا أَغْنَى الشُّرَكَاءِ عَنِ الشَّرِيكِ فَمَنْ أَعْمِلَ عَمَلًا أَشْرَكَ فِيهِ غَيْرِ فَلْيَطْلُبْ أَجْرَهُ مِمَّنْ أَشْرَكَ وَفِي نُسْخَةِ وَاتَّرَكْتُهُ وَمَا أَشْرَكَ I'm in no need of any partners. Allah is talking about himself. So whoever does a deed in which he associates others with me. Again, the association here is not in worship. It is in the intention. Allah says, if you do this, go and ask for your reward from those whom you associated with me. You have no reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the only variable of intention that is acceptable and rewardable is to do it only and exclusively for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the meaning of ikhlas. فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا Whoever wishes to have a good meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what should he do? Let him do good deeds, but good deeds alone are not enough. فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا Let him do good deeds, وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا and not associate in the worship, meaning in the intention of his worship, anyone or anything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the meaning and the core of Islam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us all the understanding and the ikhlas. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Awaleen wal Akhirin. وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ثم أما بعد. To give you a practical example of this, my dear brothers, I'm going to mention a couple of hadiths quickly. Obviously, the core hadith in this regard is the hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. إنما الأعمال بالنيات. All deeds are judged according, meaning all deeds of religious nature are judged according to the intentions behind them. إنما الأعمال بالنيات. وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مَّا نَوَى And beautifully said, the Prophet said, and everyone will get what they intended, what they wanted to achieve. You traveled from here to Mecca to do what? You are looking for reward, Allah will give you the reward. You are looking for business or for marriage, Allah will give you what you want. You're not looking for the reward, why you ask for it? Why you expect it? So Prophet says, and he gave a couple of examples. Immigration from Mecca to Medina before the conquest of Mecca was compulsory. If you are a Muslim and you're living in Mecca, you must move from Mecca to Medina unless there is an excuse beyond your ability. And this is a pure act of worship because you need to strengthen the Muslim community there and you need to have the freedom to practice your religion. So it was an act of worship. That's why the Prophet said after the conquest of Mecca, لا هجرة بعد البعث. There is no compulsory immigration after the conquest of Mecca. So immigration now from Mecca to Medina was compulsory. And the Prophet gave us a couple of examples of two people who did the same act. Maybe they have traveled together. They have gone through the same road. They have gone each has having a similar camel, having the same provision, taking the same time, and both of them are Muslims. One ended up with a full reward, and one ended up with nothing. Didn't do the 
didn't, do the, didn't they do the same act? Yes, they traveled the same thing. From Mecca to Medina, following the same path and taking the same thing. What is the difference? Prophet says, فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ A person who immigrated only for the sake of Allah and his messenger, فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Then his immigration will be for the sake of Allah and his messenger, which means what? Which means Allah will treat it like this, and the Prophet didn't say he will get such and such, because he left it for the generosity of Allah. And only Allah, the most generous, can reward that person. وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنِيَا يُصِيبُهَا أو امرأة ينكحها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه and whoever immigrated in pursuit of this dunya or to get married to a woman then his hijrah, his immigration will be for the purpose for which he traveled so he will get no reward he will get married to the woman he wants and he will get his business whatever he is doing so basically doing the religious act is of no value unless you do it only and exclusively for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second hadith I want to discuss quickly is a hadith. The Prophet in Ghazwa to Tabuk, the battle of Tabuk, the Prophet asked the Sahaba to go for one month travel in the middle of a desert. And that was extremely difficult because the Sahaba at that particular time were extremely poor. And this was the time for their harvest. They didn't get a, a monthly salary like most of us. They just take their harvest once a year. And that was the time of the harvest. So imagine you get only your earnings once a year. And at that time, you're asked to leave your earnings and to go and travel one month in the desert just one way. And one month to come back. And you didn't have anything to spend. Unlike now where the states finance their armies. At that time, everybody financed his own ride and his own weapons and his own sustenance. So, many Sahaba didn't go for real excuses. Some didn't go for some flimsy excuses, but the majority of the Sahaba went. And in the middle of the way, Umar says, our throats were about to leave our bodies from the severity of thirst and hunger. Imagine this, and the Sahaba almost dying, and the Prophet is telling them, indeed, there are people behind in Medina who shared every step with you. And every path you have taken in this journey, they were with you sharing the same reward with you. The Sahaba said, oh, Messenger of Allah, while they're in Medina, they didn't have any of what we have. The Prophet said, yes, indeed, because they wanted to come, and they tried to come, but they had real excuses. The Prophet confirmed it. they shared the same reward as you. Even did they, did they do the act? Did they immigrate? Did they travel? No, they didn't. But they had the reward. With what? With the intention. Another hadith illustrates three types of people. I'm not going to mention the whole hadith because of the time. Someone who did give charity in the cause of Allah. Someone who did fight in the cause of Allah until he died or he was killed and someone who learned the Quran, taught it to others and Allah will bring them on the day of judgment. We'll ask every single one of them, I have given you this and this ni'mah, this and this blessing. What did you do with it? Remember, you will be questioned about every ni'mah, every blessing that Allah has given it to you, has given to you. What did you do with it? So the man who was killed, he said, 
I fought for your sake until I was martyred. And the one who gave charity, he said, I didn't leave any door of charity unless I gave in it. And the third one said, I learned the Quran and I taught it. For your sake, Allah will say to them, all of them, you are liars. You did what you said, but not for my sake. You did it in order to be praised. And then Allah will ask the angels and take them and drag them over their face and throw them in the fire. Why? Didn't they do, didn't they do good deeds? Indefinitely, yes. Jihad, sadaqah, learning and teaching the Quran. But where did they end up? In the hellfire. What was the reason? They did it for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us all the understanding. Allahumma ghafir lana dhunubana wa israfana fi amrina wa thabbit ala al-haqq aqdamana wa ansurna ala a'dainna. Allahumma ja'alna mimman da'aka fa'ajabtah wa istahzaka Allahumma ja'alna mimman da'aka fa'ajabtah wa istansaraka fa'nasartah wa taba ilayka fa'qabiltah. Allahumma tahir kulubana min nifaq wa a'malana min al-riyaq wa al-sinatana min al-kithib. وعيوننا من الخيانة إنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين وفك الكرب عن المكروبين وسد الدين عن المدينين ورحم من مات منا يا رب العالمين اللهم اغفر لأولنا وآخرنا وذكرنا وأنثانا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وشاهدنا وغائبنا اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وذكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أقم الصلاة